Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. I'm Rita. And today, we're talking about Cursed. Which I thought was a witch movie. And also not the curse that is has befallen our podcast, <laughs> but the movie Cursed. I can't believe this whole time, like, there's actual claw marks on the thing, and mm-hmm. I thought it was a witch movie. Well, I mean, it's not the most clear. I may, I may be getting charmed and cursed mixed up. Maybe, but then there was a cursed Netflix series. That came out in like 2020. Yeah, and that was about like King Arthur or something. I don't know. I never watched it. Apparently it got canceled after one season, so must have (laughs) sucked. I don't actually know for sure. For brunch today, I made these ham and cheese rolls. They were good. Rita's upset that I keep making carbs for breakfast. Sorry, I'm not. (laughs) Like, your brain needs carbs, but then you're like sleepy. Especially when you're already tired, when you're, for example, marathon training or something and you're already. Why'd you make that an example? Overworked and (laughs) undersleeped. Undersleeps. I can't remember what I was trying to say yet. The sweat that I sweat <laughs> to Zach. And he was like, the sweat that you sweat, you mean? And I was like, I don't know. It just like doesn't sound right. The sweat that I sweat. The sweat that I sweated. Yeah, the sweat that I sweated. <laughs> well, and like the thing people don't talk about is I put Vaseline everywhere that could potentially get rubbed on so that I wouldn't chafe and I still chafed. She's bathing in Vaseline. I am. I literally put it all over the place. And then I chafed in like maybe one spot that maybe I wasn't as aggressive with. But it was like such a. And then when you get in the shower, it just burns. Burns, yeah. And then I didn't realize it, but my bra had this mesh on it. And the mesh rubbed my skin raw. Mm. Zach said it looked like I put my shoulder up against an exhaust pipe. That's how... And those are the things that nobody talks about when you're marathon training is yeah. you're just like ready to get in the shower afterwards and then you start screaming because <laughs> all these places that are rubbed raw and you're like, ah. and you really don't. So when I was doing, when I did that kickboxing and I ended up like rubbing a part of my foot raw from kicking and I was like, oh, that happened, but it didn't, I didn't really notice it until I got in the shower. Yeah. Because, like, you can kind of feel it, but when that water hits it, it's, it hits different. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I feel like I'm in Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's film, where, like, she's in the shower and she screams. That's me. You feel Every like you're time. being stabbed? Yes. I literally put my hand on the spot on my stomach that got chafed mm. so that water wouldn't, because even water hitting it was burning. Yeah. And you can't ever tell it's happening when you're running. It's always no afterwards when you are going into the shower that you're like, oh. Yeah, when I was a runner, I I guess I never really ran far enough for that to happen. I don't remember ever getting really chafed other than getting like blisters if I had new shoes or something like that. But I never had too much of an issue with chafing. I never had <laughs> to put Vaseline on to prevent chafing. I guess I just, we never ran far enough. You also don't have breasts. So. That's because well, Zach that's was laughing. True for the most part. The spot that chafes is the spot my sports bra rubs. Mm. Even though I body glided yesterday 
I did the whole thing. Yeah, and that's not exactly something you can just not wear. (laughs) (laughs) Die. My neighbors yesterday all came out and they were like, do you need water? Because I was doing a loop around the neighborhood. And it just so happened to be that not a single cloud came to the rescue all day yesterday. It was hot yesterday. It was 85 degrees yesterday. Yeah. I was so pissed when I finished my run. Because what should have taken me four hours took me five and a half because of how much my pace slowed down because of how hot I was. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's better to do that, though, then. That's what I told myself because obviously now I'm learning about the physiology of exercise. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, there's no reason for you to go into cardiac arrest because your heart is working so hard to co- cool you down. Yeah. Because I could see my heart rate and it was like 180. So I'd start walking. Yeah. When it would hit 180 and then let it come down. I still remember this horror story I heard. I want to say it was from the New York Marathon, but maybe it was the Boston Marathon about this guy who's like nipples were bleeding when he finished the race because his shirt just bouncing up and down. It and, happens. Yeah. I have a, that happens to people at... I mean, I've learned so much about marathon runners and I'm like, you guys are just a different breed. Are you born with a different frontal lobe? Because... People poop themselves and pee themselves so that they're not stopping. And when I told Amanda that yesterday, she was like, oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> couldn't be me. Could not be me, no. Literally. Mm-mm. I'm going to be like taking bathroom breaks and snack one, breaks. And One time I stopped and peed during a cross-country meet, like in the in the woods. <laughs> well, you, when you got to go, you got to go. Yeah. I mean, people were like, I follow Runner's World on Instagram. And they posted about how, to, how a woman pooped on somebody's lawn or something and everyone was mad all the runners were mad at runners world because they're like wow way to make runners look bad and it's like i get that that's a few extra seconds but it's like (laughs) no it's i mean i guess i don't know if you're taking things so seriously that you have to poop on somebody's lawn or poop poop yourself yourself or something then i don't know like, is it really that big a deal? Also, if you're, like, trying to PR something, you should r- run fast enough to not need to poop in, like, that time. Yeah. I get, you're you're prob- doing something wrong beforehand. You're probably getting a little bit of it with your marathon training, but it's just, it's crazy. I remember when I would run, it was, like, you would just go somewhere else in your head, and any little thing can, like, throw that off. It was like if I stepped in a little bit of a hole and my gate got thrown off, then I was like, oh, no. I was like instantly. Knock my mic. It was like instantly tired. It was like I was doing fine. Yeah, like I ran 18 miles a few weeks ago and I f- was fine. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember right now. That's how out of it I was. But my 20, because I was not feeling good because mm-hmm. of the heat, I felt every step i was in tune with my body like i was like oh my ankle kind of doesn't feel great and this doesn't feel great and my lungs and yeah yeah but i remember like i would be doing fine no problems i could go at that pace forever it felt like and then i would step in a hole or something and i'd stumble a little (laughs) bit and all of a sudden i'm like oh like everything comes back to you at once yeah and you're just like, I want to be done so bad. That's what happened. So Zach came out. He was following my location. He came out at mile 17 mm-hmm. and saw me running past the house. And 
he's like, do you need anything? And I was like, I think I need ice in my water. Like my water's starting to warm up. So he's like, come in and just do it really quick. So I did. And then he had the air conditioner on in the house. So I was like, Ugh. so then he's like, you got three more miles. Like you're almost done. Like literally that's like one and a half loops. Yeah. And so I was like, I just want to be done. I just want to like, and then the last like mile and a half, I was like, this doesn't want to end, I guess today. Yeah. Like stopping to do something like that can do one of two things. I, from what I remember, it can either, you know, like I'm dead. I don't want to do this. I just need it to be over. Or you get that surge at the end where you just like your pace picks up and everything. But no, go, there's no way my pace ways. was picking up because it was like literally I kid you not, David, there was not a single cloud in the sky yesterday. Mm-mm. I I told you I was sweating my ass off and I just went to get a haircut. The last mile, the sun finally started to come down because mm-hmm. the sun was at its like highest point when I was running too. So there's no shade, but it started to you know come down and I was like, of course you're doing this on the last mile. And then things started to cool down a little bit. And I was like, this would happen on my last mile. Like, cool great awesome and my skin like zach was like your skin is so hot right now yeah did you take a cold shower or cool shower yeah i took a cold shower and then what i was doing when i'd have to stop to go to the bathroom because i do the loop around my house so that i can just go home in case i need anything and Mm -hmm. i'm happy i did it yesterday because it was so hot that there were plenty of things i would have needed that if i was away from home i wouldn't have had like the ice yeah you know and i would take my headband off and put it in ice cold water and then put it back on. Yeah. And just do everything I could to try to, I was taking in my goo gels are 135 milligrams of sodium. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think I needed any more sodium as far as that goes, but it was nice because last night I had pizza and I had chips and guac and Zach got me a Coke, not a diet Coke, a Coke. Nice. Nice ice cold Coke. Yeah. And that finally made me feel better because my stomach was a little messed up afterwards, I think, because I was so hot. Yeah, your electrolytes were thrown all off and you needed some sugar. Yeah, I was like, just get me a big thing of Coke. I I don't give a shit about it. And Yeah, he, I was like, not diet, not diet Gatorade, like <laughs> like straight up. Just give me the stuff. Give me the, give me the goods. Yeah. I'm hoping that New York is cooler. Hopefully. I mean, because last year they had a heat wave. Yeah. I think the East Coast, at least from what I've heard from my friends in Georgia, is that they haven't been above like 75 in a week. So 75 is hot. I mean, I want it to be like 50. I mean, we'll see. And then I, I go know. outside today and it's like perfect running weather today. I know the highs, the high today is like 70 or something. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's like windy and there's clouds in the sky. You're like, and... where were you bitches yesterday? Yes really and then there's this dog oh i gotta show you this video there's this dog when i run past this part of the fence and i think he's a doodle of some sort or like a mix of something Mm -hmm. but he's like a fluffy dog like i feel like if i met this dog if i went to his parents house and met him he'd probably be really nice but he hates when i run past the fence and dude when he jumps up onto the fence he gets his front paws come over the fence if he gained enough momentum, he's flipping over that fence and coming for me. And I don't know what kind of dog to expect when that happens, but it scares the shit out of me every time. I believe it. Yeah. And it's <laughs> so yesterday I was like, I'm taking a video of this fucker. And then he didn't my first loop. He did it. And I was like, 
I'm taking a video of this fucker so everybody can see what I'm dealing with. And then he didn't come back out. <laughs> and then my last mile, he came out and did it again. And I, cause I could hear his owners in the back and mm-hmm. he didn't do it when his owners were in the back. He was only doing it when they go in the house mm. to protect them maybe, but maybe anyways, I just went on this long tangent, but yeah, it's okay. Or like people, why can't you share the sidewalk? I understand when someone's pushing a stroller, I get off the sidewalk mm-hmm. and I run on the street. But when you're walking on the sidewalk and you see somebody running on the sidewalk, can move you just over. make room? Yeah, just move and over. And so I would always be the one that would get over. And then at one point I was like, fuck this. I'm not moving. I'm freaking just going to, you. we can run, we can hit shoulders. I don't care. But you all act like you own the freaking sidewalk. Yeah. And when Be you're running distance, like stepping off of a curb and on, back onto a curb is a lot of extra energy. It is. And I was doing that constantly because people, one lady was like, thanks for moving out of the way for us, for her and her dog. And the only reason I move off the sidewalk for people with dogs is because I don't know if that dog's going to lunge at me. Yeah. Like I have no idea what kind of dog I'm dealing with. So I just try to get out of the way. But if it's just people walking, it's so inconsiderate. Yeah, have a little courtesy. Seriously. So anyways, tangent done. Welcome oh. to our running podcast <laughs> where we talk about running. Tangent done. We talked about brunch. And we talked about running. <laughs> and the movie's cursed. Get your shit. Let's go. So before we jump into our facts, I would say the only trigger warning for this movie is that it does have some homophobic comments. There's a bully who makes fun of one of the main characters. I mean, he deserves to be made fun of, but whatever. (laughs) You just don't like Jesse Eisenberg. I don't. But it does play a part in the film and it does have a, has a, it has a purpose. Anyway, we'll get to it, I guess. Yeah, that's a good warning. So, today we're talking about Cursed. This movie was released February 25th, 2005. It's about a werewolf loose in Los Angeles changes the lives of three young adults who, after being mauled by the beast, learn they must kill it in order to avoid becoming werewolves themselves. That's what I was waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was directed by Wes Craven, one of the... I know, horror icons. Iconic horror directors. He did Nightmare on Elm Street, the Scream franchise, which is probably what he's most well known for. And then I wanted to put this one on here because I want to talk about this movie at some point. I think it's really underappreciated, but Red Eye. I've never... Wait, Red Eye. It's got Killian Murphy and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. That one's so creepy. It's so good and it's so underappreciated in my opinion. It's so good. It's very good. I think that's why Killian Murphy has been so creepy to me. Maybe. From the beginning. He, yeah, he, I think he's perfect in that movie because I think that he has like, obviously he's a very handsome guy. He has just enough charm and his look is like, he could be unthreatening, 
But then when he switches it to become that threatening person, his his look really fits that, I think. Yeah. To where he can really lean either way. And obviously he's a fantastic actor too. Anyway, I think we should talk about that at some point. Oh, yeah. This movie was written by Kevin Williamson, which is a longtime collaborator with Wes Craven. He, Kevin Williamson, wrote Scream 1 and 2 and I think 4 as well he wrote the faculty he wrote i know what you did last summer he's a very prolific horror slasher writer this movie stars christina ricci as ellie myers jesse eisenberg as jimmy myers joshua jackson as jake taylor judy greer as Joni. milo i watched a video to try to figure out how to pronounce this (laughs) milo ventimiglia i think is how he says it as Bo. christina Anna Powell as Brooke, Portia de Rossi as Zella, Shannon Elizabeth as Becky Morton, Maya as Jenny Tate, and Michael Rosenbaum as Kyle. Those are the important people. Yeah. This movie was a financial flop. This movie was a flop. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen it. I'd never seen it before watching it for this. And when I went to go rent it, it was like buy for $4.99 or rent for $3.99. And I was like, well, I guess I'm renting it because I I don't know if I'm going to like it. I bought it because this is the third time I've watched it this year. (laughs) I love this movie. So this movie made roughly $25.1 to $29.6 million on a budget of $75 to $100 million. And we will talk about why this movie was so expensive a little bit later. This movie has a horrible Rotten Tomatoes score. 15% of critics gave it a positive review. And 30% of audience gave it a positive review. So people... People also didn't like it. Didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it. The critic consensus is that it's a predictable plot with cheesy special effects make Curse a less than scary experience. And I agree. I don't think it's it's that scary. it's not scary, but it's fun to watch it's so much fun yeah and there's one scene in particular that makes me laugh out loud every single time to hear about it i love it but those are the facts for this movie should we watch the trailer yes okay Regular dog. Something's wrong. The only way you can break the curse is to kill the person who started it all. 
sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I just, I needed to talk to you. I may be lactose intolerant, but I love me some cheese. And this movie is so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so dumb. It really is. And I was telling David during the trailer watching, Christina Ricci, I don't, she's beautiful. Why the hell does she have paper thin eyebrows? Yeah. It looks like they were drawn on with a pencil. Yeah. They're like so thin. Her eyebrows, I even Googled Christina Ricci eyebrows because I was like, what do they look like now? Now they're a little more normal, but I'm like, what was this like? And I get it. Everyone had this obsession with like really thin eyebrows, but hers are overkill. Yeah. In this film. Well, I, I also think, they were distracting to I me. I think it's also in comparison to her very large forehead. Yes. <laughs> she, like, I respect that like she has a very large forehead. If I had the forehead that she has, I would have bangs all the time, 100% of the time. But she just owns it. But I do think that because of that, it probably accentuates how thin her eyebrows are in this film. That's no eyebrows. It is, though. They're just thin. <laughs> yeah. That's how she looks to me. And your eyebrows are the reason you are you can be expressive. And she has a really good way of showing expression. But her eyebrows distract me. Like, yeah. it was very distracting in this film. I was getting annoyed. <laughs> I was like, girl, grow them out. Go get them microbladed. You know, there you have lots of options. Because I don't know that, I don't know, because Judy Greer has fine eyebrows in this film. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was like a director decision. But it was also 2005. So it was kind of a transition. It was before like the super bushy natural eyebrows. I don't like are... those either. You know how I feel, I feel about Cara Delevingne or whatever and her dumb eyebrows. But I just mean like there's more of an emphasis now on having like thicker sculpted eyebrows whereas like in the 90s having those pencil thin eyebrows was like the thing and this was 2005 so it wasn't that far off. Yeah but hers are like the worst I've seen. I'd yeah. say. Yeah well everybody has their own journey. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the middle of hers. <laughs> Or maybe at the beginning of hers. I don't know. But nobody thought to tell her, like, girl, that my brows need some work. I don't know. Put, it sounds like Where's this, your tweezer? Give it to me. I'll throw it away. This movie was a fucking mess. So they had other things on their mind, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, when I saw Judy Greer in this, I was like, of course she's playing a villain. <laughs> I immediately knew the minute you see her, I was like, she's going to be a bad guy. Yeah. Well, they even say, like, psycho editor or whatever yeah. she is yeah you know christina ricci actually auditioned for that role oh for the for judy greer's role mm -hmm. oh, for ellie no. i right? didn't know yeah. ellie yeah joni joni yeah i read something that said that she was gonna initially play her hmm she would have played a good psycho given how she acted in wednesday at wednesday adams wednesday yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you haven't seen it you watched the first episode of yellow jackets or no? No, I haven't watched any. Oh, well, she's in that and she is, oh my God, she's my favorite character. She's so fucking unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. She's like this person who was like a loser in school and she's one of the people in the plane crash who finds her purpose out in the wilderness, but she has like such a skewed moral compass, but she's so fun to watch. Oh my God. I love it. 
We've watched two films with her in it. Technically, we didn't talk about one. Yeah. We didn't talk about Casper. So both of my recommendations for Halloween this year had her in it. Look at that. And one of them got cut. Uh, No. Yeah. I mean, not cut. Don't make it not sound like. Not in the like... same way. Not in like. It was an it emergency. Didn't, it didn't work out. Yeah. I was the one who decided to nix it because I was like, nope, we already visited Casper. We're not going back. Well, yeah. And we would have had to drop something else and I didn't know what we would drop. Yeah. I didn't realize how fucked up this film was until I read the fun facts, though. Like the production and release Yeah, like I just didn't realize why people were like what Judy Greer said about it and then Wes Craven talked about it, too. Yeah, it's it's like one of his least favorite films that he's ever done. Apparently, they filmed for seven years or something crazy no, like that. No, that was an exaggeration, but it was like two years that it was in production. They said that they had like three films worth of footage, and then they just chopped it up and Frankensteined it together to get what we got. You Wes can Craven, tell. Wes Craven was not happy with it. Pretty much nobody was happy with it. Yeah. Well, who was messing it up then? If the Wes studio. Craven. I mean, it's just dumb. And a producer who shall not be named. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, he probably fucked it up. He did. He was the one who canceled one of Wes Craven's other films that he was working on. They were like 10 days from starting filming. And he canceled that and shelved it so that Wes Craven would have to work on this one. And then they doubled Wes Craven's salary to make him do it. And that's why Wes Craven now says he'll, he's not going to do anything just for the money. Good for him. I was going to say, he could have said no. He tried. He could have been like, fuck no. See, now I'm getting comfortable. Yep. I saw you just lean down. Yeah, because I'm sleepy. Well, you got to sit back up. No. Yes. It's not comfortable. It hurts my neck. Okay. <laughs> Did you like this movie, though? Yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I like laughed at a few parts. I was telling David during the trailer when she follows her to the bathroom and she's like what's wrong she's like i'm just having a bad day <laughs> and then she opens the bathroom door and she's like go away and i said get out of here you bitch <laughs> and like her eyes turn all cartoony i started laughing because yeah. i was like why is she looking like wiley e. coyote over here yeah <laughs> and i responded to that i was like christina Ricci already has cartoonishly yeah. big eyes she looks like a cartoon character it's just funny because like they emphasize the eyes so much and those getting bigger with nothing yeah. else. So I just, I cracked up. Yeah. So obviously I love this movie. I have made multiple people watch it. And even though it's not good, I love it. Because I think it's so much fun. I just like the vibe in it's it. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. And It's like stupid and it's cheesy. It Like it but kind you know of feels like me. it's leaning into the b movie aesthetic but i don't think it's trying to i think it just <laughs> what shocked me is that jesse eisenberg is in this because i the first yeah. movie i saw him in was zombie land mm-hmm. so i was like he was i think 18 or something when they start when they filmed this i don't think like he was all right <laughs> i honestly just think he doesn't you don't like him it's not that i don't like him it's but you just, don't like him i liked him in zombie land oh i think he's good at playing like him and Michael Sarah are very similar to me in that they're good at playing like see that. the dopey guy who's bulldozed over. But I feel like Jesse Eisenberg has like an air of seriousness about him. I where think like that that's do- where I can't take like him Like he seriously. doesn't really 
Like he played Lex Luthor, didn't he? Yeah. Like that makes me laugh because <laughs> I'm like, you're no, no. <laughs> they both play these characters where they're the underdogs and they're the nerdy dorky guy. But Michael Sarah does it in like a comedic way that makes you feel like he doesn't take himself too seriously. And he is, it's more likable. Whereas I can't really get the idea. Jesse Eisenberg obviously played Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network and his performance was fantastic. But I can't shake that image of him where he takes himself seriously and what am I trying to say? He just comes off kind of (laughs) douchey. So I don't know. I mean, he's like Mark Zuckerberg probably. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what he's like in real life. I've never been intrigued enough by him to watch any of his interviews or anything. So I just Googled Jesse Eisenberg and then the YouTube video that came up was Michael Sarah gets confused for Jesse Eisenberg. And I'm like, see? Yeah. See, because they're similar. I pretty much only liked him in Zombieland. And Mm. that's it. I love The Social Network. I think that movie is fantastic. I liked it. I didn't like him. No, but I don't think you're supposed to. He's very much like an anti-hero. Yeah, but he could be fucking Superman himself and I wouldn't like him. I'd be rooting for the villain. That's fine. (laughs) You don't have to like him. But I loved Christina Ricci in this. And I loved what's his face. Josh. uh, Is that his name? name Joshua Jackson? Yeah. I think he's so cute. (laughs) What? Nothing. Although, of course, I was like, of course it was Jake the whole time. Well, obviously. Obviously. It's the boyfriend in all these movies. Except for the Nightmare on Elm Street. There's no boyfriend in that. Yeah. Dang. The horror genre has really changed. What do you mean? Because the original horror films were like, a monster's coming after you. Or like... Friday the 13th, what or not Friday the 13th, sorry. Yeah, Friday the 13th mm-hmm. was like Jason and Halloween was like Michael Myers. And then you've got Nightmare on Elm Street that's like, oh no, your dreams aren't even safe. Yeah. Like your bed's not even safe. Yeah. But what do you mean like it's changed now? Oh, because there's really nothing that's found a way to make other things unsafe for you that feel safe. Like I think, you know what I mean? Like, slasher films have been done. Yeah. Werewolf films have been done. Yeah, but now we're getting into things like... It's, I guess, the, the meta Talk to horror. Me. Talk to me. And It Follows and The Witch and The Babadook, where it's... The, the real horror behind it isn't the monster. It's the metaphor that it's yeah. trying to convey. Like in the Babadook, the real horror is like the grief and loneliness that we experience and like trying to come to grips with the death of a loved one and raising a child on your own. Yeah. Well, and you know, Freddy Krueger, where the inspiration for him came from. Mm -mm. Do you know that story? No. Wes Craven was a little boy and he heard like some shuffling on the sidewalk outside of his like apartment building or whatever. And when he looked out, he saw a man wearing a fedora with a coat or something and the man looked up at him and his face was disfigured and he got scared so he moved away from the window 
and then went back a few minutes later and the man was still staring up at the window and then the man came towards the apartment building to try to enter it and so then Wes told his brother about it and his brother went down with a bat to try to go take care of it and the guy was gone that's creepy right that would scare me that's what horror films used to be is like inspiration from personal experience yeah now they're well i told you where the idea of talk to me came from right no so talk to me is an allegory for drug use that the hand and like going to parties and using the hand and stuff is an allegory for drug use and the writers and directors of that which is two brothers and they have been making short films on youtube for years but they saw a video of one of their friends who had done drugs at a party and was having a seizure and people were like laughing and filming it oh and so that's where their idea for talk to me came from Jeez. and that's why like the younger brother in talk to me why his age is a big deal and like he's more susceptible to the spirits in talk to me because it's like if he was young he'd be more susceptible to the drugs yeah and that sort of stuff that's creepy and obviously the main character is using the hand as an escape to to avoid dealing with the grief of her mom's death and stuff so Hmm. yeah weird anyways this film is not really a horror film but well it is kind of is it's got some jump scares in it and stuff yeah it's like horror comedy yeah, it's actually listed as a horror comedy. I don't know if it was intended to be a horror comedy or if it was intended to be too much comedy, but the ending climax cannot be seen as anything but just straight up comedy. It's <laughs> Are so you fucking tell us funny. What scene it is that makes you laugh? Yes. So it's the scene at the end where they find out that Judy Greer is the one she became a werewolf after she and Jake slept together. Like ISDD. Yeah. And she, like she says, I guess there's no safe sex with a werewolf. So she becomes a werewolf and then she's trying to kill all the other women that Jake is interested in so that she can be the only one. And it's like very cheesy and stupid, but there's this big party and there's a lot of chaos and she's killing people and everybody's gotten out except for Jesse Eisenberg and Christina Ricci's character and then Judy Greer's character. And as she's about to kill them, the police are coming in and she jumps up into the rafters (laughs) (laughs) and then the police come in and they're like, what's it supposed to be? And he's like, it's a werewolf. And they're like, well, she could have changed back into her human form and the cops aren't taking them seriously. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? A fucking werewolf. And Christina Ricci's like, oh, her name's Joni. She's this hyper skinny publicist. And they're like, well, do you have any other descriptions of her? And Christina Ricci like, gets this knowing look on her face and she's like, yeah, she's got a bony ass and fat <laughs> thighs and bad skin. And then <laughs> like Judy Greer in her werewolf form punches through a window flips him off and yells liar (laughs) and then they and then she goes shit and then they shoot her (laughs) yeah then they shoot and kill her it's so fucking ridiculous and funny but the scene of that werewolf flipping them off just makes me laugh every single time i had a double take i was like did she just the fuck (laughs) zach was like what the fuck are you watching (laughs) 
And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm high, but I wasn't. <laughs> I was. It was like the middle of but the day. But it probably felt like it after 20 miles <laughs> running in that heat and then watching this movie. You're like, what the fuck is happening? No, I watched it the other. I watched it before. Oh. I watched this movie on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Or Thursday, one of the days. The day I texted you, where I was like, "Oh, this right. looks like Bowling for Soup," and then I was like, "Oh, because it is." Yeah. <laughs> or like that looks like Lance Bass. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's very 2000s. Yeah. But I love this movie, bad CGI and all. It's such a good time. Yeah, but why was production fucked up? Let's pull up some fun facts and we'll read about it. So in 2014, Judy Greer spoke of the film in an interview. She stated, I don't know why that movie got so fucked up. I don't understand it. I thought the script was fine. Honest to God, I didn't get the big deal. I don't know who kept making them fuck with it. She goes on to say, then we shot the movie for like seven years. I think we had four movies worth of footage. It was so fun, but so weird. I don't get it. I couldn't figure it out. Well, okay. That's where I got the seven years from. I knew I read that somewhere. Yeah. So originally, I think I had read that it was originally written as a murder thriller in New York where the killer finds out that the reason that he kills people is because he's a werewolf. And then it got rewritten and chopped to death and they brought in like some other writers. This is just like very stereotypical, like the studio got involved and they had one idea, but some other people had some other ideas and there were conflicting opinions on how the movie should be. And so they kept doing reshoots, they kept doing rewrites, they kept just editing it into oblivion until we get this movie and it's like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> it's a hodgepodge. It's like they, it's like a Sally version of a movie. You yeah, know, Sally exactly. from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. Just a bunch of pieces stitched together. So this kind of answers one of the things that I was confused about originally. It says in the original version, the film opened with the benefit party by PETA on the hotel roof. Parts of the scene were kept in the original shoot, but in the final cut, the scene is about 50 minutes from the beginning and Maya replaced Mandy Moore. Oh, she was supposed to be in it, but that scene never made any sense to me because Maya seems very unbothered by the fact that, her friend shannon elizabeth's character was just killed yeah like two days before but the reason she's unbothered is because that was supposed to happen before oh yeah yeah so i don't know well the original plot line had three strangers brought together by a car accident in the hollywood hills and the subsequent attack of a werewolf the three characters were named ellie hudson Vince Winston, and Jimmy Myers. When the script was rewritten, the plot changed and focused on two estranged siblings who had to fight a curse after a werewolf attack. Skeet Ulrich's character was totally rewritten and renamed Jake. Since Ellie and Jimmy became brother and sister, Ellie's surname was deleted and became Myers. So. Yeah, this is a little bit more information about 
the production. So in 2008, Wes Craven was quoted as saying, the cursed experience was so screwed up. I mean, it went on for two and a half years of my life in a film that wasn't anything close to what it should have been. And another film that I was about to shoot having the plug pulled, Pulse. So it was like, I did learn from the cursed experience not to do something for the money. They said, we know you want to do another film. We'll pay you double. And we were 10 days from shooting. And I said, fine, but ended up working two and a half years for double my fee. But I could have done two and a half movies and uh, done movies that were making money. In general, I think it's not worth it. And part of the reason my phone hasn't rung is that story was pretty well known. Like that people don't call him? Yeah, like he doesn't get called to make movies anymore. I mean, he might now. That was in 2008 when he said Wait, that. when was Wes Craven's last movie? I don't know if he had anything to do with the more recent Scream movies. I don't think he did. Is that what he looks like? I guess so. I don't know what I was imagining him to look like. That sucks. Let's see. Well, I know what he's known for. Scream the TV series. He's in a lot of like old productions of like Scream Returns, fan film spinoff. It looks like My Soul to Take was his last original movie. And that was in 2010. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, he filmed Last House on the Left? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. The original, not the new one with what's her name i don't know they did a remake of it though oh well i only watched the original and that was really hard to watch yeah there's yeah definitely the hells have eyes damn he's messed up (laughs) i didn't know that's what he looked like i'm getting him and what's his face mixed up the guy who does documentaries Bowling for Columbine and all that. Nope. Don't know. (laughs) Hold on. I think his name is. Yeah, Michael Moore. I'm getting him and Michael Moore mixed up in my head. (laughs) Completely different if you Google what Michael Moore looks like versus what Wes Craven looks like. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Very different. Yeah. It's like a lot of the stuff is not even fun facts because it's all about the production. Yeah. Well, that's like the big story. That's why nobody knows about this movie is because the production was such a mess. Yeah. The set used for the high school is Torrance High School, the same school used for Sunnydale High on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and West Beverly High on Beverly Hills 90210 and its spinoff 90210. It was also used in the film She's All That. Oh, I love that movie. Me too. Which Christina Ricci kind of looks like. What's her name? Yeah, I can tell you her name right now. Rachel, she's all that. Rachel Lee Cook. Okay. Do you have another fun fact? In an interview in 2018, Christina Ricci briefly spoke about the film. She stated, it was one of those studio movies that just got horribly screwed up. (laughs) Everybody just has something to say about this movie, don't they? So Red Eye actually came out the same year as this movie in 2005. Oh, well, I'm glad he got to do that. The cane on display in the beginning of the movie is the same one used in Storm of the Century by Stephen King. It took three days to shoot the the werewolf chase scene with Maya in the parking lot. 
Yikes. Three days. That's crazy. There is an alternate version of the wrestling scene in which Jimmy attacks Bo against the bleachers, but upon seeing himself reflected in Bo's eyes, Jimmy releases him. The scene can be glimpsed briefly toward the end of the trailer. This is Wes Craven's only werewolf movie coincides with another horror movie he directed 10 years earlier, Vampire in Brooklyn, which also was his only vampire movie. He should just stick to his own monsters. Yeah. So originally, I think the reason that Wes Craven didn't want to direct this movie was because it was too tonally similar to Vampire in Brooklyn. They're both like horror comedies. Oh. Vampire in Brooklyn has Eddie Murphy in it. Interesting. I might have to watch that one. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel was originally offered the role of Ellie. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. She would have made a good Ellie. Yeah. It's Wes Craven's only PG-13 rated horror film. Yeah, it was originally going to be rated R, but then they toned it down because they thought it'd be more marketable as a PG-13. How'd that work out for them? Yeah, bitch. I feel like the... The production companies just get involved and they're like this is what we should do and then they always fuck it up they always fuck it up keep out oh this is crazy this is the second film that jesse eisenberg and judy greer have co-starred in the first film that they co-starred in is the village who did they play in the village judy greer was the sister but who was jesse eisenberg Jesse Eisenberg, I think, was just one of the boys in the village. Okay. Like, what? That's a really... Taken out out of context, saying he's one of the boys in the village means he's one of the characters in that movie. That doesn't matter. (laughs) That doesn't matter. I do remember him. I think he's one of the... I want to say he's one of the boys that does... They do the trick where they... Or the trick. The game where they stand with their back to the forest and see how long they'll last. Oh, yeah. I think he's one of them. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but Judy Greer is the sister that gets married. (laughs) I thought you were going to say murdered. I was like, the sister don't get murdered. No, the one who gets married, the older sister of Bryce Dallas Howard's character. I like that movie. I know people said that that was where M. Night Shyamalan started to... You know what? I liked it. I just really wish those things were real because those things were creepy. So that was... Again, the production company wanted to advertise it as a creature feature movie. So when people went into the movie, they had an expectation of what the movie was going to be. And it ended up not being anything like that. And I think that that's why it initially performed very poorly. No, I think it should have been a creature. Yeah, I, I agree. I think those creatures would have been really scary if they were real. Spoiler alert for the village. That's why they sent the one blind girl into the world. They're like, she ain't gonna know any better. I think it's funny that they said that Jesse Eisenberg and Judy Greer co-starred in because they also co-starred in the village. I was like, I would not say Jesse Eisenberg was one of the stars of the village. But it's I a- wouldn't even say Judy Greer was a star of the village. That was Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix and Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. They were very much secondary characters. They were not stars. So we didn't really get into it too much, but Bo, Milo Ventimiglia's character, is a bully who is bullying Jesse Eisenberg. And a lot of the insults that he throws at him are 
about Jesse Eisenberg being gay, which he's not. And it turns out Bo's character is gay. And the reason that he's throwing all those insults is I may have mentioned it on the podcast before. I've definitely talked to you about it. There's this YouTuber who's a marriage and family therapist and she Mm -hmm. analyzes reality TV and movies and stuff like that. And she was talking about the Twilight series and she was really confused why in Breaking Dawn Part 2, I don't remember the character's name, but the one who's like the cousins of the Cullen go to the Volturi as soon as she sees Oh yeah, yeah. Renesmee. But she was like, I was always confused why she did that considering her mom was killed for making vampire children. But there's a coping mechanism. I don't remember what she called it, but it's essentially where you go to the opposite of how you actually feel about something in order to protect yourself from the ramifications of that thing. And the example that she used is somebody who is gay, but who is scared of how that will come across typically becomes like the alpha macho guy and puts other people down for being gay. Yes. To compensate. And so that's what we're seeing in this film. So Bo ends up doing Bo ends up being a good character in the end, but he just has some shit. He's got to work through. He's got to work through his shit. Yeah. Plus like, I love him. The actor. Yeah. I haven't seen him in much. I remember liking him in heroes for the first two seasons. He was in Gilmore girls. Oh, that's right. He was the Luke's nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the bad boy in that one? Or is yeah, he... but he's the one that gets Rory more because Dean gets Rory more. What does that mean? Like he understands her. So like, oh, okay. I was like, like he gets her more what? Like more no, flowers? No, he just understands her. <laughs> he's like a bad boy, but like Dean's kind of like the good guy, you know, and he never entertains anything like the fact that she likes to read and stuff like that. He's kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, whatever. But then when she first meets him, I think his name is Jesse in it actually. Mm. she gives him a book or whatever and then the next time he sees her he quotes it and she's like you read it and he's like i've read it five times or something Mm. do they end up together in the end no oh rory whores around just kidding she just ends up like hori she just ends up like really not which makes sense because her mom is the same yeah so Mm. anyways I don't really know. I think all of the fun facts are more of the same. Yeah. So-and-so was in a film with so-and-so and and the production was a mess and it's just that over and over. Yeah. That's it. That's pretty much it. It's not much to this movie. I think it's a good time, but it is not that deep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Beyond the production being a fucking disaster. It's kind of nice when you suggest not deep films sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of need it. You suggested the deep one this time. What? Both of them. Oh. Which one was the other one? The one we're doing next week. Oh. You guys don't know what that is. Yet. Which I don't think it's like... It's not like the Babadook level deep because the monster is a monster, but it's it's got a little something there to talk about. Yeah. So should we score this thing and then you can get on with your napping? Oh, I was like... <laughs> yeah. All right. Funny. I gave it a seven. I gave it an eight because 
it's you know the thing that's so confusing about it is because it's listed as a horror comedy but there's really not like too much comedy but that one scene is enough for me (laughs) it's so funny it's pretty stupid it's stupid funny (laughs) acting i gave it an eight because i think they did a good job i gave it a six oh i thought it was good it wasn't like great thought they did a good job but christina ricci i think i have a soft spot for her yeah so i love her yep visuals five i give it a four (laughs) (laughs) the special effects are very bad (laughs) they're pretty bad yeah and like they're very much bad cgi for 2005 there were a lot of movies around here where like the cgi looked very rubbery and plasticky and which is weird because i feel like Wes Craven has directed Friday the 13th, which in the 80s and 90s looked very real. Yeah. But they also used a lot more practical effects. This was very CGI reliant. But like, what's the point if it looks stupid? Just use your practical effects. Well, we can't also base... Well, we've talked about this, but we can't base like what they could do with CGI in 2005 is very different from what they can do with CGI now. Yeah, but if practical... I'm saying his practical effects looked better. So there was a fun fact about that where they had brought on a visual effects artist to do the werewolf effects. And then they brought somebody else and cause they were like, we need it to be done in this amount of time. So they like rushed it, but then also the movie took like two and a half years to come out. So I don't know. And story. <laughs> story i don't remember what i gave it actually you don't have it written down what do you feel like it is no hold on because i just i did i literally just deleted my notes oh hold on what did i say i said seven eight five seven seven yeah okay because i have my final score on here but i don't have my (laughs) is your final score a seven six point seven five okay yeah I gave the story a six. I was like, the story's fine. It's not special. It's pretty basic. I like the idea for the original story. The killer? The three oh, strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kinda that's kinda like I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that brought my score to a six. Six point seven five for me. Wow, I rated this higher than you. Shocker. Yeah, but I like it more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably never going to watch this again. I I almost watched it again this morning. I love it. So, I'm glad somebody does. You said Charity liked it too, right? I don't know now. I think she likes Charmed. I can't remember oh. if she likes this movie. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I For some reason, I feel like she, she would have totally been into this movie, but that's when I thought it was a witch movie. Oh. Now I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not sure, but... Who knows? Who knows? All right. So our next episode comes out on. It's not quite Halloween. Yeah. It's the week of. Yeah. What is the date? The 29th. 29th. So close. Yeah. But you'll have to wait and find out what movie that is. Yeah. 
We'll talk to you next time, Day of the Dead. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Box Office Brunch so you know when we're posting, even though you won't know when we're posting because I don't know when I'm posting. <laughs> and email us your thoughts and recommendations at boxofficebrunchpodcast at gmail.com. We did get an email, actually. From who? From Amanda. Oh. She recommended a season on cult classics, which we have talked about. I think that is one that's on the list. Yeah. I don't know when that'll happen, but she wants us to do The Princess Bride. Oh, cool. Which I tried to get on our rom-com season, but Rita said nope. I did not. I don't know if I actually said our email address. Boxofficeburntpodcast at gmail.com. Email us. Email us. Okay, bye. We'll see you next time. Bye. Mimosa?